0: Happy Mother's Day, Natalie! (laughs) Oh my god! It's
1: so great! Everything's great. Things are great for moms, great for babies.
0: Yeah, great for everyone. We're loving it. are going swimmingly. So, Toxic Feminine Mystique listeners, welcome back. I can bet that you know what we're going to be talking about on today's episode. Yes, the looks from the Met Gala. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, no, idiots, we're talking about. No, I shouldn't call you guys that. You're pay pigs. Justin, cut out the part where I call them idiots. Idiots, 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 idiots. No, we're talking about the shit that went down, the Politico leak of the draft Supreme Court opinion that would overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah, the real
1: injustice, the leak so and then the ensuing invasion of the privacy of the
0: justices yeah this is what we're really we're really so upset about it it is a travesty a travesty that they don't have the privacy to overturn roe v wade and people are showing up at their houses where they live oh my god where their bodies are
1: (laughs) jesus christ The bodies of their children <laughs> in my good white suburbs.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they are you know maybe understanding or seeing the bare minimum of the consequences of their actions when nine people who were not elected by the people um, make a decision that seventy percent of Americans do not agree with. Oh my God, they're being held accountable for their terrible decision. Wow. We are all held accountable to our shitty decisions on a daily basis. Just because you're a fucking <laughs> judge doesn't mean you get special privileges. I fucking hate the Supreme Court so much. Oh my god. I hate the Supreme
1: Court too. It's a fucking, it's fucking illegitimate. Like it's sent from the beginning of time this has been an institution where a group of decrepit old piece of shit white male lawyers get to say that some people are human and some people aren't human yeah. and just like i fundamentally reject the concept that like my humanity and rights have absolutely anything whatsoever to do with the supreme court i don't think they can grant them i don't think they can take them away i think they are inalienable and yeah, I just I don't I don't give a fuck and I truly do believe that every one of them should be a <laughs> So <laughs> that that would be fine with me. I am calling for It's um, going to be
0: a summer. I mean, <laughs> but I don't know what they fucking expect. Like I I truly don't know how can you do something like this where the implications of overturning Roe versus Wade I cannot stress enough how bad things are going to get for most everyone in the country as a result of this and how much worse they could get after that. So it's just like you expect people to take this lying down. No way. No fucking way. It's (sighs) all right. So just to, you know, tighten my tinfoil hat a little bit. I am very interested. I do hope they identify who the leaker is, who leaked it. But I, when I when I talk about that or think about that, I feel like I'm one of those people who's, like, obsessed with, like, January 6th or something. Because it's, like, so not important. Like, who gives a fuck? But I also, like, I want to know who did it. And a lot of people were saying it must be, like, a Democrat because they want public pressure to make the judges change their mind. That's not going to fucking work. These people don't change their mind because of the public. Like, they feel, they feel so above <laughs> us. Like, that's... That's what we've always heard they're like that's what's good about them is that they aren't beholden to the public. They look at the law and they interpret the law and like they're so above it, but above it all. No, so I really think it's um a conservative. and one of the one of the judges that maybe, you know, during their con- recent confirmation in the last few years said that they were for keeping Roe v. Wade, I don't know, one of them was maybe waffling, and to get them to stick to this opinion, I bet it's a conservative that leaked it so that the court will look super weak if they go back from this. If they change the leaked opinion at all, and it looks like they're kowtowing to the will of the people in this country, (laughs) the court will look weak and they can't have that. So I I really think it was a conservative that saw this as the best outcome, the current opinion as the best outcome, um, and that's why they decided to leak it at this time so that they can't walk it back without looking like they're spineless. So we don't have to talk. I know that's all, like, bullshit, but that is my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, I
1: have seen people saying that like, a conservative is also trying to, like, kind of soften the ground for the oh. – because it can be – right now you can be like, oh, this is just a draft, to, like, not make the, like, full weight of protest yeah. come down. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, 5-4-Pod said they thought it was a liberal person, but, like, I don't know about that. So yeah. I don't – because I think they're a little too norms-obsessed. Yeah, but for sure. who who fucking knows? I mean, it's, like – it doesn't really matter, but it is, like – fascinating because it's showing some kind of crack and like what is it Yeah, and we do
0: find out. Yeah exactly I think that's why I find it intriguing but you know you guys know us we feel like decorum is the most important thing. Norm's absolutely critical to our democracy so the fact that this was leaked unprecedented and you know how much we do not agree with that. The leak is really the worst part of this whole situation. So I hope the judges are doing okay. I hope that <laughs> they are receiving trauma informed care and support during this time. Oh, that's got to be one of the the worst fucking takes and there's so many of them which which we'll get into. Natalie, so you've been doing some research. Oh my god. You guys, Natalie is so fucking smart. At one point I was like, could this could this leak be A fake, right? And Allie was like, no, this is how Alito writes. And I was like, God, (laughs) you are my smartest friend that you, like, detected that and you were like, this bitch uses the Oxford comma and he, like... (laughs) I know his writing. <laughs> I was like, damn. He's a real
1: sicko. Like, I don't think people know that he is, like, low-key. I don't know who is the worst, because it, like, really just yeah. depends who I have had my focus, my attention focused on, but he's the, like... Absolutely the most partisan hack he's the one who has his brain the most routed by Fox News. He's mm-hmm. the like most like Republican. his opinions have changed the most over time based on the whims of the Republican party Ugh. and he doesn't have any like for instance Neil Gorsuch like cares about indigenous people randomly like all the other judges will have like kind of quirks that you could argue make them like not 100% in lockstep with the Republican Party at all times. Um, but Sam Alito is always in lockstep at all times yes. with the Republican Party. What the Republicans want to do is good and right, and what the Democrats want to do is bad. And um, that's how he thinks. That's how he writes. That's, like, I don't know. So, he he's a real sicko. Um, he doesn't get enough hate, in my opinion. Yeah. So, <laughs> we spend a lot of time, like, rightly hating on Brett Kavanaugh, but I I think he's, like, a little more craven and corrupt and would probably be, like, a little more likely to bow to public pressure. And, like, Alito is just, like, yeah. fully your, like, fucking debuke Catholic uncle who watches Newsmax <laughs> all night long. Like, he is, like, fully, like, like Republican brain rot. Like, he fucking sucks. He's yeah. a hack. He's a freak. His, this opinion is just outrageous like it's so political it's so ahistorical it's so racist it's just like it's a sounding so um I'm gonna talk through like the major arguments that he makes I do get four listeners of 5-4 pod. Um, I do get a lot of my information from them. So if you like want to go listen to their episode on this leak, it's available for free wherever you get your podcasts, and they will be able to explain some of this stuff better than me. But I am gonna like talk about I think some of the major like extremely stupid assertions he makes in this mm-hmm. opinion. So Basically, this is a, a draft of the majority opinion in the um, Dobbs v. Jackson case, which they are considering the constitutionality of a 15-week abortion ban, that, which is in Mississippi right now. Yeah. Um, Roe sets a cut of viability, which is usually determined to be around 24 weeks. So, there are pandantic people who are going to be annoying and argue that it was possible to uphold this law without overturning Roe. I think they're wrong. And I think that they would have been like upholding the law and not overturning Roe in the most narrow, stupid sense that a moron would believe. (laughs) 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 Um, I, I think that like you're pretty clearly like rejecting the framework, which is that you are not allowed to put any outright ban on abortion um, before that viability cutoff. That has been the, that was the standard of Roe. Um, And then the undue undue burden judgment was put on with Casey. Like you can't put an undue burden on abortion at that time, but it's always been with that like kind of 24 week. And so I think 15 week is pretty clearly an overturn of Roe. Um, whether they like wrote in the opinion we are overturning Roe, which they did, it turns out. I didn't know whether <laughs> that would be the case or not. That, but that that is what it is. It's it's overturning Roe. Like anyone who tells you that they could have upheld this otherwise is a dumb dumb idiot. So <laughs> it was just like splitting hairs with you. Yeah. So basically, the major, the crux of his argument is about the due process clause and the, the, your right to privacy. So in the 14th Amendment, there are kind of two parts of it. There's the right to privacy and the right to equality. And um, Roe is decided based on the right to privacy. Mm-hmm. There are a number of cases that kind of built on Roe that also build kind of on that same framework of privacy. Like all of these things are interconnected. All of this case law builds on each other. Yeah. All of like this entire like liberal jurisprudence is like robust and interconnected and there is a reason that there is kind of a a taboo against overturning precedent and it's because all of these things are so intricately connected.
0: Yeah. And some of some of those cases too that are now in jeopardy of being overturned. When the court finds that right to privacy is not real, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that includes, you know, loving versus Virginia, which is um, a court case that allowed for interracial marriage, um, as well as other cases around allowing married couples to obtain birth control. One of the gay marriage rulings is also based on yeah. this. And then there's some some other ones too, like, a lot like teaching your child a language other than English I mean there's a lot of cases that factor into this that are now like the ripple effect that this is gonna have you're right it just like can't be understated yeah yeah so this framework the
1: underpinning of Roe like what is built builds upon this is um Loving Case Griswold V. Connecticut, which says you have a right to um, privacy within your marriage as far as obtaining contraceptive. Um, Overfill B. Hodges, which is, um, of course, gay marriage. Lawrence v. Texas, which struck down sodomy laws. I think that yeah. um, that's one that's pretty clearly going to be on the chopping block. I, I, one of my things that I'm going to say in our worst take section is, like, I think some of the worst takes I've seen is the idea that this is going to be limited and all yeah. of these things aren't on the chopping block. Like, you are an absolute fucking idiot if you don't think that, like, a case is going to be brought Literally next Supreme Court term yes. about um, Obergefell v. Hodges in Texas, like gay marriages are on the block immediately, like yeah. and within this opinion itself, Alito asserts that this is limited, um as far as like that this will not impact things like interracial marriage. Um, but he is lying. Yeah. Like, this, this is a framework that if you overturn it, it overturns everything. These things build on each other. You know, there's, there's just a reason you don't do this. Yes. Like, it's insane. So his argument is that in order for something to be a right... So, um, in order for it to be something that is protected by the Constitution and not like, you know, up to the decision of the states, for it to be a right, it has to have a deep historical root. And so he says that it needs to be a centuries
0: long. Jesus Christ. So, this is why when we have. Right. To- old when people on the supreme court are too old like the 70s to me that seems historic and so i would consider roe v wade historic because it's almost 50 years old but when you're 400 years old like justice (laughs) alito you like you're you're just like your understanding of time is completely different
1: yes so he truly asserts And he cites, um, a judge from the 1500s who used to burn women for witchcraft. Oh, fucking God. (laughs) Is something hail? Like, the people that he cites are like fully insane. And like, it's like absolutely crazy. So like, based on this argument, like, truly, this, this framework is completely new. Like, it's just post row that anyone has argued that we should base rights based on the the intent of the framers, like mm-hmm. this, like strict textualist, this like framers really? intent argument. Yeah. This is new. This is something that came up in response to Roe. This is not like, they always act like they're hearkening back to this, like, uh, the original interpretation of the Constitution. Yes, yeah, Yes. That is new, that is bullshit, and that came as a result of Roe. Like, we have never seen it like this. We have always seen it as we are kind of striving to make the reality match um, the ideals of the Constitution. And... To argue that you only have rights if it's based in the original Constitution, that basically means that anything that is not a right owned by a white property-owning male is on the trapping block. Yeah. Because you and I did not have rights <laughs> at the time. Like we did. We just did not. We did not have yeah. a right to property. We did not. We did not have rights. Black people were property. They didn't have rights. These things are all new. These things are all, you know, 50s on stuff that like is just like us trying to kind of like take the bend the reality to meet the ideals. It's not us like going back to like what did they literally mean because they were drunk Assholes who owned human beings. Yes, we do not need to give a fuck what any of them thought. We. This is stupid, and anyone who says they believe in this is full of shit. Because this is not. This is. This is new. Like, it's just. We just like to act like these things have been around and it's like, no, like we've always kind of understood that the document would evolve and like technology would evolve and we would be interpreting our rights like based on the moment. We are not, we didn't used to think like, you know, we literally can only do the things that these exact people said. <laughs> it's it's stupid. It's insane. And the like in it in the draft opinion, he says that this isn't a slippery slope, and he's lying because if you can if you can strip anything that doesn't have a centuries long historical root, then that includes that can you can comfort anyone. Yeah, like you know if you aren't. I mean, I guess like Justin is a property
0: owning white male, so he's he's safe. But (laughs) (laughs) he'll be just fine. We'll see if this episode ever makes it to air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He will still be on the vote. Most of us will not. Yeah. So I actually like there's a a pretty deeply rooted disenfranchisement of communists.
0: So I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. It's back on. Yeah. I I think also, too, like the element that's driving this, too, it's a lot around like creating a Christian white ethno state and the religious aspect of it. I mean, when you think about the religious right and how they became an activated voting block because of Roe basically right like it was mainly catholics who cared about abortion before Roe and something that you've mentioned on the on the podcast to before is like this idea that in order like these christians are very supportive of israel for example because they think that all the jews need to return there for to harken <laughs> so the end times i mean they they don't care about making uh, the world a better place right now because they are trying to instigate the apocalypse pretty much. And the the fact that they think that they can basically, we have freedom of religion in this country, probably one of the best things those drunk rapist racists came up with. And no one's morality should have any bearing on your personal medical decisions at all. Like, if your morality is rooted in your religion and you think abortion is wrong because of your religion, at like like it's a moot point at that point. Like, I don't care about that shit. why why should that affect my ability to to seek health care? So oh, it's, it's just so frustrating. I, it's so frustrating and it's so stupid.
1: And I think like part of what makes this opinion make me so angry is like it is so clearly, retroactively writing an opinion to justify what they wanted to do anyway yes the real justification is that they are white uh crystal fascists yeah but they can't write that so they have to like backfill it in this like completely insane way that that falls apart like at the tiniest scrutiny like Mm -hmm. america is not really it's only a couple centuries old so like You can't look to have rights be things that were there when you were founded, when you were in a country where the majority of people were seen um, as property at the time. Women were property. Black people were property. Like, that is just, like, such a—that's so stupid to me. Um, And then part—the other piece of it that really pisses me off is, like— a big assertion that he makes is that things are much better now for women, and yeah. therefore we don't need to protect the right to be <laughs> abortion in the same now. way. <laughs> Which, like, one, th- things are terrible. And yeah. then, two, like, they're better now than they were at the time because of Roe. Yes. Like, Because we had the ability to, like, and because all of these things built on itself, like, because we had the right to privacy, because we had the right to end our pregnancies, because we have the right to contraceptives, because we get, it's like those, the reason things are better now than they have been in the past is because of Roe, not in spite of Roe. And not, we don't need it anymore because things have improved. Um, And he cites safe haven laws, which I don't really see how that's relevant because... Sure.
0: So this is if you if you deliver a baby and you decide you don't want to keep it, you can drop it off at the fire department. It's like, okay, what? <laughs>
1: it's like, okay, you've always done that though. Like we had our own, we had baby scoop houses. Like,
0: Leave it's them like- in a basket on a rich person's doorstep. <laughs> We've been doing this since... That's got hundreds of years of precedent if you ask me. It's like... But that it just completely disregards the fact that like it takes forty weeks to gestate this child. This you know It's life threatening. It's life threatening in many cases. It's costly, you know. Yes. It's we have so no universal
1: health care here, and he he makes the assertion that like you know some states guarantee maternity leave for people, and that's like astounding because those states are not the states that are going to outlaw abortion. Yeah, we don't have any federal guarantee of maternity leave. Not at there all. are a handful of states that provide it, but like you don't get to cite those in this opinion because those are not the states that are going to outlaw it. This is going to cause the most insane, decentralized. I mean, th- it's just going to be—it's going to be awful. Like, and, and he also says that like single motherhood is destigmatized now, so um, yeah, it's Murphy okay. Brown. <laughs> Murphy Brown had a baby on TV. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ.
1: Different. Um, I'm sure that's what he was thinking of, to be honest. And that shows how old he is For and sure. I'm touched because I'm sure he truly was thinking about Murphy Brown. But it's just, like, none of these things are relevant. Like, because, I mean, truly, like, we have this belief that, like, no one can compel you to do something with your body that you don't want to do, like... There are however many hundreds of thousands of people on the organ donor waiting list. Mm-hmm. You still can't force a corpse to give up an organ. If you haven't given permission to give up that organ in life, they cannot take it from you even though you're dead. Like you cannot compel someone to give blood even if some, yeah. even if someone is dying. You cannot compel people to do anything with their body except this.
0: Yeah. Something something that's interesting to me is and we'll get into some of the bad takes, but a lot of people I know who are saying, like, it'll be fine if Roe v. Wade is overturned. No one is saying, and these are mostly, like, pro-life acquaintances I have. No one is saying that they're going to make miscarriages illegal. Like, that would be a crazy thing. But it's like, they're already doing that. In Texas, a woman was arrested for having a miscarriage. And, like, Absolutely. if you have to prove that, like, your miscarriage was unintentional, to get care, no one is going to get health care. And more, more people are going to die um, when they're miscarrying because they're afraid yeah. that their doctor is going to call the police on them. I mean, yeah. And I
1: mean, at, at what point? I mean, just having a glass of wine intentional? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's just like this is going to creep into everything. I mean, this is going to be like total policing of. I yes. mean, I've seen people saying, like, you shouldn't be able to. Get legal marijuana if you're of reproductive age. You have to submit. If you a, don't a submit a negative pregnancy test. <laughs> a negative pregnancy test. This is where things are going, mm-hmm. and this is already what we do to Black and Brown people in this country yes. when they are pregnant. We do criminalize them, and we do say, like, if you are an addict and have done any drugs in your pregnancy, despite the fact that it is a lot of times more dangerous to stop cold turkey, we will arrest and take people's babies away.
0: Yeah. We are already at twice the rate of white families. Do we take away the babies from black families? Like we, we sterilize prison inmates all the time. Yep. This country has a long and long and storied history of sterilizing people, of taking people's children away and giving them to white families to raise, um, of reeducating and indoctrinating other people's children to wipe out indigenous cultures and. We used black people as chattel. Like we made them reproduce and then we sold their babies. I mean, the roots of this country are absolutely, the history of this country is just seeped in blood and horror so I just can't understand anyone who today says no they'll be reasonable it can't get that bad think about our lofty ideals like if you thought that the country was ever a democracy I I was reading something today about how because districts are are so gerrymandered too at this point like the will of the people and what the people want to want their government to do with the resources that we give to them. It's just completely disconnected. It's not a representative government.
1: Yep. There's a Princeton study that shows that the impact of public opinion is statistically insignificant on whether a policy becomes law. I can send it to you. It it is so radical. It is so fucking radicalizing to me. Like, truly, they can prove with science that what the people think does not matter at all it has the equally the influence that chance has on whether something will pass. I mean, it's, it's just insane. And like the idea that we can somehow respond to this by voting that, you know, like, Oh, like, it's just, It's just crazy. Okay, there's, like, one last thing I want to say about... I want to circle back
0: on voting.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the worst take of all, but... Yeah. um, Like, last couple things I want to say about it is, like, so there's this, like, like I said before, like, all of these rights are kind of built on one another, and the last, like... 50, 60, 70 years of, like, legal thought, like, the foundations of our, like, current liberal democracy are based on, like, this idea of precedent or stare decisis. Yeah. Which says that, like, you know, we don't want radical lurches. Like, if something has been decided, you leave it decided, you build on it, you know, whatever. Um, And he makes the argument that even though we are... Overturning decades and decades and decades of precedent, settled case law. Um, The people who decided Brown versus Board of Education also overturned fifty years of settled case law. And so, truly, (sighs) (laughs) he is just like Thurgood Marshall. Wow. and he he just like like asserts that this is not going to like leak over into other things like this this is different than interracial marriage for reasons, but he doesn't really give a reason yeah like he just says this is different and it won't impact that, which is bullshit. I don't know, so i think I think we're gonna see some like truly buck wild cases in the next years to come, especially with this like issue of like, so Missouri is trying to pass a law right now making it illegal for the citizens of Missouri to go out of state to obtain an abortion. So like one of the biggest fights that is kind of set up to come is like, are they allowed to do that? And are we going to now have extradition between states? Like, do people have a right to interstate travel? Do that? I mean, just like truly foundational things. It's almost like like a Dred
0: Scott kind of thing. Oh yes, absolutely. You know? It's like
1: I would I would absolutely say that like it's of similar drastic consequence yeah. this is. And I don't know, I'm just seeing a lot of people who are not fully reckoning with what a departure this is from the last fifty years of like very settled like bipartisan uh, <laughs> <laughs> case law, like, what this truly means, and, like, the ripple effect that this is gonna have, yeah. and, like, like neither of us have the ability to see the future, but um, I think things are gonna get pretty buckwild, and there's some yeah. very awful awful thing and I don't really anticipate that they're going to change this a lot I mean when I was kind of reading a little bit about the case being argued there were like this questions they were asking were like about safe haven laws and like kind of I don't know I think this, this seems to like reflect the thoughts of those like the five terrible people the yeah. interesting thing is um, John Roberts is in the dissent which is like he's a conservative Bush appointee yeah. He's interesting because he loves norms more than anything. So I would imagine that's <laughs> why. But I'm, I really want to know if he's going to write something or if he's just going to be in The dissent, or I don't know.
0: So we'll see. Yeah. So I listened to um, an interview with a bunch of anti-choice lobbyists in the days after the leak was leaked. The leak trickled out. And, (laughs) um, it was really, really fascinating because they were kind of like, oh, and and honestly to me, the way they talked about it, like one of the questions was like, so are you going to have a job after this? And they were really making the case that our job has only begun. Like you, (laughs) but it's just like, I mean, I think both parties, you know, because now we have to keep it basically overturned. Only one person was like, well, now we have to make sure that all of these babies born have the care and support and services they need. Most people were saying we have to keep it overturned and we have to go to the states that are still going to allow it. And we need to make it so awful for those providers and clinicians and people seeking abortions that they decide not to do it. So, I mean, these freaks, Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, they are absolutely not going to stop. Like if we're so moving to like the subject of bad takes, like bad takes I have had in the past or like bad, like bad beliefs I had, because like I have thought this was coming for a long time. I like anticipated that Roe will be overturned. So, I don't, I, I, this is not a surprise to me. That being said, I did not anticipate that it would be like this. I, what I kind of assumed was that there would be like a narrow interpretation that they would like perhaps argue that this, you know, that they would overturn it without saying they were overturning it. Mm -hmm. That was, that was kind of what I thought. And I, I had this belief in the past, I think, that it would somehow deflate the movement. That, like, they, once they, they achieved that, they would be, that they, like, would kind of lose some energy and that yeah. it would energize the left and liberal base to the point, like, that this had to, I believed, like, even just a couple years ago, that, like, the overturn of Roe was a break glass point that, would force Democrats into like radical action. Yeah. That's I, what I I that's what I was thinking. I believed that because I was a dum dum. Um and <laughs> well,
0: I didn't fully know the depravity and fecklessness of Democrats. Yes. Well they both parties love having this on the fucking ballot because it's such a good way to drum up donations and get people to vote for them because it's such an intensive issue. So of course they're not going to codify Roe even though they could have done so at any point over the last 40 fucking years, 50 fucking years. Yeah. You know, I truly thought um before like a couple years ago,
1: I truly thought like maybe an overturn would be good because it would force the hand of the Democrats to pass mm. a nat- national yeah. amendment or guarantee and that was nearsighted and stupid because I didn't fully grasp how evil they are <laughs> and the depth of the treachery of white liberal women. Mm. I did not anticipate, I didn't think it would be this bad. I don't, and another thing that, so they talked about in Five Four Pod that I think is really interesting, and he addresses specifically within the opinion is that um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, first of all, is an evil old <laughs> crone hag, piece of shit, bitch. I thought she who, was your Shiro. <laughs> She is more responsible than any other yeah. human being living or dead for this happening. She is the number one most responsible person. She is the only person whose single actions could have changed this yeah. outcome. And she chose power for herself for just a few more years over this because to she was power. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was too stupid and nearsighted. To see what would obviously happen. And uh, the argument that she used to make was that this case would be stronger if it was decided on the right to equality. And because I had liberal brainworms for a very long time, I thought that that was true. And I was like, okay, like this should be decided because on the basis of equality between like men and women or like pregnant persons and yeah. the populace, like that, like that is so much stronger than just the right to privacy because trap laws can't attack the right to equality. Yeah. And Sam Alito in a single sentence just completely dismisses that and says that pregnancy doesn't have anything to do with sex. And that is just Not because he's a a champion of trans rights, of
0: course. Oh my god, he doesn't believe in gender? That's so progressive. Wow. He said that pregnancy
1: discrimination, um, the Supreme Court has already said that that doesn't qualify as gender discrimination. And so I was wrong about that, too. So, like, bad takes on my part. I thought maybe that, I don't know why I believe the country would care more about discrimination than privacy. That's obviously stupid. So I, if I have said that to
0: you in the past, like, I'm sorry, you were right. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think, I, you know, I think you've made a point, like, in the past that instead of having this court decision, like Roe v. Wade and then Casey, if there had been some sort of federal law or some kind of, a, of amendment, like the Equal Rights Amendment, something like that passed that would have been a much stronger and more permanent legal basis for the right to abortion than Roe v. Wade because it's been death by a thousand cuts to Roe over the last 50 years. So I get where you're coming from. This was always kind of a tenuous – it didn't feel like it was tenuous. It felt like, I don't know, over the last 100 years we've been making progress towards – more more civil rights more rights for people we've been becoming more progressive over the last 100 years and this sharp right turn in the last you know it feels like a sharp right turn i don't think the country has ever been in a in a perfect place by any means but this intensive you know since since the 80s the backlash to like women's liberation black liberation it's so it's so strong It just goes to show you that even when you think – even if you're born a generation or two after rights have been decided, like, if if a court can strip them away, like, that's fucked up. And so what you're saying – what you said earlier about how, you know, it's the concept of, like, becoming ungovernable. Like, I am unto myself. I have my rights. I don't look to fucking Samuel Alito to tell me what my rights are or the (laughs) – the state of Iowa or this terrible government that doesn't represent me. I have something um, really shameful to tell you, Natalie, and that's that I voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> uh,
1: and I never knew. I knew Evan did. I never knew yes. about you. I knew both Justin and I did not.
0: Yeah, and I wish I had. But I do feel no, like no, no, no. I, I, like
1: I think what people did in like I believe it in our production. Matter. matter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was an argument to be made that at the very least this wouldn't happen.
0: Yeah. Well. So one of getting into some of the worst takes, this constant thing we hear, I mean, basically Biden coming out and saying, well, if you don't want them to get rid of Roe, then you have to elect Democrats so that we can do something about it. And it's like, you have a majority right now. We People turned out in record numbers and voted you into office. And now you're saying we just have to do it again and wait and sit on our asses and vote and donate. Like, it's so disgusting it's it's completely demoralizing and exhausting and it doesn't work i don't know it, like the definition of insanity right is like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result that's not it's, that's a dumb like <laughs> it
1: doesn't it doesn't work like voting like democrats do not give a fuck about you no. they are already fundraising off of this they are Like, in my opinion, I have crystallized so hard in the belief that the institution of the Democratic Party is standing in front of our ability to access our rights more than any other institution. They exist as this, like, giant, bloated, fucking, disgusting machine that sucks in your energy and your life force and diffuses it to prevent like any yeah. sort of socialist anarchist yeah. solidarity revolution they exist to funnel the energy of those people who might otherwise unionize who might otherwise join a communist party who might otherwise take on uh, like you know mutual aid or anarchist or collective active like the the democratic party exists to have a place to funnel that energy and sap it from you yeah. and steal it they are evil they are standard in the way and i think that the best thing that we can be doing right now is attacking them with everything that we have i think that it is a waste of your time to invest like one single second the only thing that's worthwhile is maybe like throwing some money to Jessica this in texas against that like anti-choice democrat that like mm. the party is boosting Ugh. like i i think these like There are, like, these tiny pockets. Jalen Cable, like, that is a person you should give some money to. Mm -hmm. There are people who do qualify as Democrats, technically, that, like, I think there is value in giving money and resources to. But it's because they speak to you and say, like, are going against the party itself and are, like, part of this, like, multifold attack. Yeah. I don't know. It's not that I think that there aren't Democrats that are worthwhile and it's not that, like, I think there aren't elections that are worthwhile, but I think they're few and far between. And, like, ultimately the machine of the party is, like, your number one enemy right now. Like, if you're going to be using your your voice, the best you can do is use it to attack Democrats, because yeah. they are the ones who are fundraising off of this. They are the ones who are in power and standing in your way. Yeah. And, like, they are about to, like, lose power... For the last time and never gain it again. Never. Yep. Just like they they have to be attacked. Like, I do not, like, you cannot funnel my energy into giving a shit about like fighting against Republicans. Like, they are my enemy. They are the ones who have like sapped my, taken my money and sapped my energy and sapped my left force and taken all of these things that I could have given back to my own community and to, to one another. And sucked it into like this like completely useless and like the insane thing with all the vote takes is like it's by people who haven't put like one tenth into the democratic party that like we have like the, oh, activists, sure. who, yeah. the activists who are enraged are the yeah. people who have been doing this since obama and who have put their heart and soul into this party like you don't like truly loathe the democrats unless you were one
0: <laughs> yeah no you're so they're emotional vampires and yes. i truly think like <laughs> People who tell, like, the only solution, we have to vote, 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 vote. Like, that is the laziest fucking thing that you can do. If you think your your entire – because that's what Obama said, right? Like, vote for me, and I'll take care of it. I'll get everything done. Like, liberals are comfortable, and they want to vote once in a while, and they'll maybe donate a little bit. But they are not going to be out in the streets. They are so – uncomfortable with the actual actions that have any real impact. So protests in the street, mutual aid, like it's so fucking lazy. They want to vote every once in a while get their little sticker and pat themselves on the back and feel like they did something. Voting doesn't do shit anymore. It never never did it anything. Doesn't do
1: shit. <laughs> it doesn't do shit. But like I mean at one time we had a handful of national democrats who like would like shank a member of their party if they didn't <laughs> fall in line.
0: Like it's That's like the I- thing. yeah. They they have no idea how to get their party to do anything. They don't know how to wield power. They don't work hard for us. I mean like how often do you hear anything from Joe Biden? He just wants to fucking fritter around. I don't know why he wanted to become president. Like he doesn't do anything. He's not working on our behalf. I don't know how you watch someone like like him and feel like he's serving your interests at all. Absolutely not. And
1: like when you say this to people, they always respond with like, oh, mansion and cinema. Which like yeah shut the fuck up. First of all, there is always like a like villain to blame it on yep. because they're lazy. And second of all, they receive so much more from the party than they give to the party. They could cut them off yeah. financially. Yeah. They could strip, strip them of committee assignments. They could punish them to the point that it ends their career. And they never will. Never. And they will never let you know that they have that power. But I want you to like go and look at what they're doing to Madison Cawthorn right now. We could do that Right now, yeah. at any time, to any of our people. But the Republicans will punish their own, and the Democrats never will. For sure. And it's it's because they're lazy. And it's because they have no answer, and they don't want to admit that they are unwilling to govern. The thing is, is if they codified Roe, it would be overturned by the Supreme Court. But they would have fucking tried. Yeah. You know what I Do mean? Something. Like They would have done something. Yeah. And we would see that. It's like you can't just you can't just fucking give up. Yeah. Like pack the courts, overturn the filibuster, start confirming pro-choice judges left and right. Like do everything you can with the power you have and maybe I'll give you more power. But I don't like I'm fucking busy. I got shit to do. I am not going to go like waste my time voting for you if that like cuz you're just like rewarding people to like continue to like step on your neck. Yeah. And like offer you nothing. I think like the time for interparty conflict is now. Like, <laughs> I, I think the time to, like, drag these people out in the streets is now. I, I don't know. And I, I just think, like, human beings have, like, you just have a limited amount of life force and a limited amount of energy and resources, and everyone is, like, operating with, like, a small bank of what they're able to give. And everything that you give to the Democrats is something that you are taking from your neighbor and you could be giving to them. Yeah. Like though that energy, you only have so much of it, and every shift you spend knocking doors for fucking Cindy Axney is time you could spend like cooking food for people. I also like people have to be prepared to break the law too. So, we we'll talk about that at the end. I call the action actually, yeah, break but, every law. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should know what it is so that you know how to protect yourself as best you can, but, like, you should this is, like, the law is not relevant to you. Your rights are not given and are not taken away by the state. The state is the enemy and <laughs> I don't know, I'm just so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. uh. So, first worst take is vote.
0: Yeah. The next one is don't protest. At the judges' houses. And I... It's just like... I mean, the fucking Supreme Court has said that abortion clinic protesters can come within, like, one feet of, of uh, <laughs> yeah. people trying to access healthcare. Like, oh, but you don't like it when they're doing it on your fucking lawn? Like... Yeah, they, like, uh, fully shot that doctor in church. Yes. Yes. Like. I mean... And the way that they harass patients and escorts. I mean, you hear all the time about clinic escorts. Like I have to come to the clinic in a bus because if they see my car, they will, you know, find out my address because they have those connections and they will come to my house and ask me why I'm killing babies. Like, yeah. And then the Supreme Court can't handle that. The decision they're making has actual real world implications. Well, Boo hoo! Like, you're lucky they're just protesting on your lawn for real. For real. But don't worry. Don't worry. Um, we uh, can't codify Roe, but today, as of today, May 9th, the Senate is working on a bill to expand security for Supreme Court justice families. So thank goodness. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like Vanna Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Not <that you're> <laughs> <laughs> It's like. Oh, uh, another another bad take I hate is like Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. Is it Comey or Coney? Coney. Amy Comer Barrett. Amy Justin <laughs> Comer Barrett. And then uh, what's the other? The other. Uh, dildo? Neil Gorsuch. Yeah. So remember how during their hearings they said they wouldn't overturn Ropey Wade? they lied. They lied. Yeah, like, of course they did. Of course they fucking did. Like, I don't understand why people... Just like, I got your nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I got it. (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Because, like, they don't understand
1: power they don't understand like the people who say that don't understand power they don't understand how you wield power they don't understand that this is a struggle between like that there is no non-political arena there is no like i'm sorry like i know that you don't like you think politics are unseemly but like this is this is a fight to the death and it affects every part of your life Mm -hmm. and like this is a struggle, it's a class struggle, it's a, you know, like, it's just, just people who have no understanding of power, and, like, conservatives do, and they'll lie to get on the court, like, they'll, you know, like, obviously, like, I just, yeah, obviously, so, like, you should too!
0: I don't, like, just, like, when they go low, Natalie... You should go lower, and you should burn their house to the ground. Yeah, and when then they you go should low. protest the burning lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I truly believe that like you should debase yourself, and you should go lower,
0: and you should... But you think you think the fucking Republicans would not abolish the filibuster so that they can yeah. get their way? I mean, your your Democrats play by rules that Repo- like no one else does, and same for the Republicans; they play by their own rules too. And it's just, I am so so tired of the hypocrisy of it all. Like, how could they, do they? not care? They do not care. They, they will never care. Do not
1: care. They do not care. The take that made me, I think, the most angry of any single take is uh, Megan McArdle, who is an opinion writer for the Washington Post, tweeting that she is sick of people catastrophic. Catastrophizing, is that how you say the word? <laughs> By saying like that they're gonna come for contraception or, yeah. you know, well, they said contraception or interracial marriage, which I like that she like jumped right over, like, well, obviously they're coming for gay marriage, oh, yeah. but that's not important. Um, <laughs> but like to say that people are like, There's just so many people who are so comfortable who are like sitting and saying that they are not going to be coming for this stuff, Mm -hmm. that they are not going to be criminalizing this stuff, that it is not going to impact these people It's like so insane because like I have like seen through my work the like chilling effect that these things have and like when you start on this people don't want to people don't want to assume the liability of becoming an OBGYN or they don't want to Um. these OBGYN programs don't want to provide training for abortion care because they don't want to be attacked they don't want to provide abortions because they don't want to like assume the potential legal risks and so then these programs close down and then there's less of them or they, um, you know, their policy will be, like, you have to be, like, actively dying for us to, yeah. like, provide you an abortion-free or ectopic pregnancy, even though you will die, eventually you have to be actively dying yeah. for us to do it that kind of thing is like those things like provide a cascade effect and so like you can say like oh like this isn't going to impact wealthy women but it's going to impact everyone who can get pregnant yeah. because like when, when there are no OBGYNs who are trained in abortion care when there are like a shortage of OBGYNs because no one wants to take on the liability insurance when there is nowhere for people to get trained in abortion care because all the clinics are shut down when you had to get on an airplane and fly 2,000 miles to get to a clinic where you can access abortion and you have an ectopic pregnancy and your fallopian tube bursts, like, you're going to die on an airplane just like a poor woman is going to die. Yeah. People don't realize the, like, chilling effect that this has. And, no. like, people will go farther. Like, um, healthcare providers will go farther than the law says in an attempt to shield themselves from liability to the yeah. law. So if if they say, you know... Um, abortion is legal at this cutoff, they'll buffer a week to protect themselves because what happens if, like, someone was a little bit different than they see? It's, like, these things, like, build on each other. And, like, people are unwilling to, like... I don't know. It was even to the point where, like, the the physicians who were getting trained at the University of Iowa are getting sent out to, like, podunk Planned Parenthood clinics to learn, like, abortion care because they're not teaching it at the hospital. It's, Uh. like... It's like these like there's gonna be fewer and fewer people who can teach it. There's gonna be fewer and fewer people willing to assume the risk. There's gonna they're just gonna work out basically what these big hospital systems are gonna do is like work out a compensation plan. So if someone dies in the waiting room of an ectopic pregnancy because you didn't do the abortion fast enough, it's better that she died and we paid a settlement than we assume the legal risk of the state coming down on us for providing an abortion that's illegal. So they'll work out a settlement system like you They'll
0: balance the cost benefit yeah. of it and they'll put a price on a woman's life. We already have an abhorrent, like, such a high maternal mortality rate in this country. And it's it's really, really, really bad, especially for, for women of color, for black women. And this is only going to drive it up substantially. Yeah. I mean, Yep, and it's the legacy of, like, American
1: gynecology. Yeah. Like, gynecology is based on experimenting on enslaved yes. women. Mm-hmm. They believed that enslaved women could not feel pain like white women yes. could. And they continue to believe that to this day, so they don't take their blood clots seriously. They don't take their preeclampsia seriously. They don't take it seriously until someone is dying. And... I think that this is like a good launching point to a really good point you've made about like domestic violence and maternal mortality rates.
0: Yeah. So in the state of Iowa, domestic violence agencies are already on a shoestring budget. Every year their funding gets cut. Every year they have to get more creative. Every year their staff are completely burnt out and they have to close shelters and lower the number of staff they have, especially going out to reach rural women. So last year, the state of Iowa, which has, you know, they're very pleased to tout their budget surplus, so that's why they can cut taxes, and that's why we don't need a income tax anymore. State of Iowa cut um, domestic violence funding, shelter services by 10%. This year, they're going to cut it between 15 to 22%, and the only solution is donations to these shelters to keep them open. Incidents of domestic violence has increased during the COVID pandemic, and it hasn't gone down. So whether you think we're in a new normal or, or not, <laughs> that everything's back to normal, um, domestic violence continues at the much higher rate that the pandemic saw. And so basically, being pregnant is one of the most dangerous times for a woman to be alive, one of the most um, prevalent causes of death for pregnant women. Is homicide by an intimate partner. And I mean, you're just going to see that go way up because more women are going to be pregnant. A lot of people say incest, rape, domestic violence. These, you point to those as the most extreme situations where a woman might seek an abortion. These are real people. This happens all the time, all the time. And, and even if it was just one person, you're okay with one person carrying the product of their rape. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just absolutely astounding. It's disgusting. And it's gonna get way worse. We I mean, we don't want to increase services at all or fund them or make anyone's lives easier or better. You know, whether we're funding domestic violence services, whether we're expanding healthcare or Um, food stamps or we're raising the minimum wage. We don't want to do anything like that. We just want more infants to be born. And, I mean, part of that, I mean, Amy Comey Barrett is saying it's so that we have a larger domestic supply of infants. So, I would encourage folks to listen to the episode uh, we did about abortion and the abortion industry. Or or adoption. adoption. (laughs) (laughs) The adoption industry, excuse me. And Natalie really broke it down. This is a for-profit industry, and they need people want to buy babies. For every baby that could be born and adopted, there are several families that have already paid money to get this baby. It's, you know, it, it's it's a for-profit industry, so they need they need more products. It is. It's
1: it's so rotten and it's so awful. And it's babies that suffer, and yeah. it's birth mothers that suffer, and
0: it's just like... It all comes down to capital, and it comes down to white supremacy, and it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad, and it's going to get worse. And I wish we had better better news for everybody. I guess we can say, you know, when Roe v. Wade is overturned in Iowa, the laws themselves won't change immediately, but... I mean, our governor is Kim Reynolds. She is vocally extremely pro-life or anti-choice. So the Republican legislature in Iowa has passed many restrictions on abortions in the last few years. Some have been struck down by the Iowa Supreme Court. Some are facing legal challenges. So once Roe v. Wade is overturned, and and currently Republicans are trying to overturn a 2018 Iowa Supreme Court decision that protects abortion rights, Abortion rights. She has said
1: that for this legislative session, there are no abortion restrictions planned. Mm-hmm. We are also not a trigger state, so um, there are many states in the nation that have trigger laws that say it automatically becomes illegal if Roe is overturned, Mm -hmm. abortion becomes uh, across-the-board illegal that moment. Um, We are not one of those, and the fact that she says there aren't going to be more abortion restrictions this particular legislative session, they certainly are to come, of course. But it means that, like, as Iowans, we are fortunate to have a little bit of time. And so, you know, we have until the next legislative session to really, like, build and like enhance the systems that we have in place to protect each other um and so i i think that like due to our lack of a trigger law and due to the fact that we have um one of the oldest abortion funds in the country um we have a history of helping each other and i think we can like really lean on that legacy and like you know this and like the leak of this decision gives us a little bit of a head start that we can like really start trying to build up robust alternative yeah. methods to care for one another. I think it's really important that um, you don't give your money to Democrats and you don't give your money to Planned Parenthood. They are going to be fine. Um, I think that everyone has like a limited amount of resources they're able to give. And the Iowa Abortion Access Fund is a really good place. Um, I have recently joined the board there. And I'm very excited about it because um, while they have like a few administrative costs, it's covered by a separate grant. So any donations go straight into the hands of people seeking abortions, like 100 percent of their donations. Like the entire board is all volunteer. Everything is volunteer run. So like if you give money there, you know that every dollar of that is going to an abortion or abortion related costs because they'll help with like childcare and stuff like that. I, like, I don't want people to despair because, like, I think there's, like, something liberating about, like, dropping the pretense that this is accessible. And I think, like, there's something, like, really beautiful about, like, okay, we don't have to fucking pretend, like, this is something that's available. And, like, we can, like, really start building, like, alternative systems outside of the state. And so... Um looking for if you live in Iowa, the IAAF is amazing. Um looking for if you live outside of Iowa, you're local. If you just look up abortion access fund, you'll find a mutual aid funds that people can give to. Um you can while I think it's important to not like overorder, one good thing you could do is order one pack of the abortion pill mm-hmm.
0: right now so that you can have it on hand. That is a great resource that we have today that we didn't have in 1973, right? So we have the internet. We can order this medication too, and you can have it handy You might want to grab an extra plan B the next time (laughs) you're at uh, the drugstore. Don't
1: run on anything. Like, don't buy them out. But by all means, like, keep something extra. So um, just to, like, see what the process was like, I did it with aid access. It is not – it's, like, a gray area of legality. So if you're, like, super, like – if that sort of thing is very paranoia inducing to you, like don't necessarily do it because it's not like super duper legal, but it's like doable. Um, And I ordered it and um, I posted about it on social media and I have, i had it for like a couple weeks and already mailed it out. Someone DM'd me and said, um, you know, here's how far along I am. Can I get it? So I sent it to them. So like, if you make yourself known to the people around you that you are safe, if you are like publicly posting that you're i mean like posting is like i know people think it's stupid but it is like like if you're making it clear i am someone you can come to make it clear to your family make it clear to the people that you know who live in states with with trigger laws look up where all of your family lives check check out their state laws and if you live in some place like someone you have a niece that lives in a state with a trigger law dm them and say like hey you can always like come stay here and get an abortion here if you
0: need it thank god for elon musk protecting our right to free speech on twitter (laughs) truly (laughs) just like i think making
1: being like loud and out there and making yourself available as a resource causes people to reach out to you and then that causes you to build more connections so um if you're comfortable In Iowa, go on aid access and order a pack. It takes like a month to get there. So it's a good idea for you to do ahead of time because like someone who is in that situation probably doesn't have enough time in a state like Iowa to get it ordered online. You have to know pretty early. But if you do it now and you have it, if someone needs it, you know, don't do a run on it, but definitely pick up a plan B, put, like order from aid access if you can, um, familiarize yourself with your local abortion fund, make sure everyone knows, like anyone you talk to knows that you're a safe place to go.
0: Yeah. And tell them Ruth sent ya. So <laughs> let this mother run this mother. <laughs> I did, I did want to ask – I know we're running a little bit long, but if you could just do a quick rundown. So as a new, the newest and best board member at IAAF, <laughs> Natalie had the chance to attend and speak at a recent um, protest. And I was wondering if you could just give us like a high-level overview of the rules that they said that you needed to <laughs> adhere to with your speech and then how IAAF was like, that's bullshit, just say what you want and kind of what you talked about and how some uh, white liberal ladies reacted to it. I think it's a great story. <laughs> so
1: they're in the like early planning phases immediately re- responding to Roe, the Roe news. Like All of the activists in the er- activist orgs in the area were going to put on a rally together and um, the like black and brown orgs felt like very uncomfortable with the way those things went. They felt like the um some of the white people speaking in those planning meetings were telling them to temper their language i i wasn't there so this is just like kind of like what i heard from like going to the um missing and murdered indigenous relatives rally and then also just like the iaf to like talking about whether they wanted to still participate but there is this I have this impression that the white liberal activists in the area do not want to, they are never wanting to, like, link our struggles. Yeah. And they are never wanting to upset the religious community. And they are never wanting to upset the police. No. And they are never, like, these struggles are connected, though. Like, the people who will be searching your car when you try to cross state lines will be the police the people who are going to arrest you for having a miscarriage and have arrested people for having a miscarriage are the police the people who are going to beat the protesters that are out there like protesting for their rights are the police the police are the enemy the police are the agents of violence that administer the like beliefs and like you know restrictions of the state Mm -hmm. they are the police all of our struggles are linked Any one of our groups cannot be free if we're not all free. And there is a legacy in the like American women's lib movement of throwing black and brown women under the bus. We have done that forever. We, like the suffragettes, made the active decision to not ally with the black liberation movement. They, like over and over and over and over, we have thrown black and brown people under the bus, we have silenced them, we have chosen to align ourselves with white men and be to, be closer to the privilege that they have. We have chosen our whiteness over our womanhood, over our subjugation, yeah. over fighting for liberation every single fucking time. This is, like, evil, I and mean, it's infusing these spaces, it's infusing the nonprofit industrial complex. And I saw it this week because in Des Moines, the rallies were segregated. <laughs> and there was... The rallies for the people of color, and there was the white women's rally. And the white women's rally was on Saturday, and I spoke at the white women's rally because I'm a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they told us, you know, you can criticize Republicans, but you are like, you know, not to be criticizing elected Democrats. You're not to criticize the court, the Iowa Supreme Court. You're not to blah, 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 blah. Excuse and, it just like made me very angry. And so um, I'll post my speech. My name is Natalie and I'm a Des Moines mom and have been an abortion rights activist for the last decade and a member of the Iowa Abortion Access Fund board since Sunday. (laughs) So I am new to this organization and I want to explain why I applied for it despite my political nihilism, rage and burnout and my distrust of the nonprofit industrial complex. I am a socialist, and I believe that people who can get pregnant have nothing if they do not have the ability to control if and when they have children. Yeah. If at any moment you can be thrown out of your social class, if at any moment you can be put under control of the state because you become pregnant, you have absolutely nothing. I also believe in socialized, nationalized health care, and abortion is health care. Yeah. Abortion is the only way to treat certain conditions, and those who tell you otherwise are lying. Abortion is not separate from healthcare, it is healthcare. The mortality rate for ectopic pregnancies without abortion is 100%. Over the last 10 years, I have fought with everything I have, exactly how I was told to. I lobbied within the system, I elected Democrats, I knocked doors and voted, I spoke at the Capitol and sent letters and signed petitions, and all of it was useless! I watched my energy wasted and failed by the people I trusted to fight for me, and I have come to believe the only thing that is truly effective in the American capitalist system is mutual aid and care. Both the Democratic and the Republican parties want to funnel your money, your energy, and your life force into a bloated and useless political machine, and I promise you it does not work. ELECTED DEMOCRATS ARE ALREADY FUNDRAISING OFF OF THIS AND TRYING TO GET OUT THE VOTE IN NOVEMBER, BUT I ASK YOU, WHO IS IN POWER RIGHT NOW? IF THEY WANTED TO PROTECT US, THEY WOULD, BUT THEY DON'T. REPUBLICANS ARE REPUBLICANS, BUT ELECTED DEMOCRATS ARE THE ONES WHO ARE LYING TO MY FACE, CLAIMING THEY ARE POWERLESS WHILE THEY ARE IN POWER, AND STOPPING THE MONEY AND ENERGY AND LOVE FROM US THAT SHOULD BE GOING TO ONE ANOTHER. My Democratic representative in Washington, who I gave money to and I voted for this very week is publicly supporting increased funding for the police. Who is going to enforce anti-abortion laws? Who Who is brutalizing my brothers and sisters? Who is sterilizing my black neighbors in jail, assaulting my trans neighbors in the streets, and tearing the babies of my immigrant neighbors away? Who will be arresting my neighbors that are seeking abortions? Who has arrested people who have miscarried? Who did I watch beat the protesters standing up for me in LA this week? The police. No one in political power is on your side, and that does not but that does not mean that we are politically powerless. The most radical act you can take is to care for one another. The most powerful way you can use your money is to put it directly in the hands of someone who is seeking an abortion. The American political system is designed to grind you up and spit you out. And I can tell you that there is something much, much more powerful you can do than voting. Vote if you can and if you want. But what they are truly scared of is us radically caring for each other. The Iowa Abortion Access Fund is the second oldest abortion fund in the country. It's volunteer-led and 100% of the donations go directly to the cost of abortion in Iowa. I'm at the IAAF table and I have posters you can take today and hang up in your neighborhood for your neighbors to have the resources and information to access an abortion. You can sign up with me today to volunteer. Reject the idea that you need to wait to do anything until the next election or the one after that. Make sure everyone in your life knows you are a safe person to go to if they need aid. (laughs) Abortion may be getting legally more dangerous, but it was already inaccessible to the most vulnerable pregnant persons in the country long before now. Seventy-five percent of people who seek abortion care are a low-income household. An abortion pill costs hundreds of dollars and a surgical can cost thousands. There are also lost work costs. There are travel costs. 93% of Iowa counties have no clinic. There are childcare costs. The majority of people seeking abortions already have children. The money you give not only helps financially, it's a symbol of trust, love, and support to the people seeking abortions. And those people seeking abortions in your community are your community. One in four cis women and one in 25 trans, mask, and non-binary people will need to receive abortion care in their lifetime. Paying for someone's abortion is an act of community care. Your donation affirms the choices of people across the state of Iowa, affirms their right to make decisions that are right for them. The right to these choices are fundamental and inherent to every single human being. I reject the idea that it can be given or taken away by any court. I reject the idea that nine decrepit old rich lawyers ever had the right to tell 300 million people who is isn't human. We will be fighting for our neighbors no matter what because the most radical act is caring for each other and fuck the police. The only thing is, like, I feel like I was like glued to my phone in a really bad yeah, way, up, but well, I, was, like, focused, it. Yeah, no. I was like focused. Yeah, I was like focused on like getting my words exactly like what I wanted to. Yeah, but like we are all connected, and like as. White women, I think when we show up at these places and we see that there are no women of color, we should be like, "What the fuck yeah like, and we should be elevating them, and we should be asking why we're not talking about this, why we aren't linking this struggle, why we aren't being inclusive to trans people because like those are the people who are gonna show up for you, yeah, white, liberal, rich women don't show up until it's too late. I am seeing these like awful women's. Lib activists saying, like, you know, like, throwing trans people under the bus and just, like, I will never fucking do that. Because the activist community is, like, way overrepresented of trans and non-binary people. They are out there showing up for cis women every single fucking day. It's just, it was infuriating. And so, like, I went... I wasn't able to go to the um, BLM rally on Wednesday, but on Friday night, I went to the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives rally, which was, like, you know, they chose to, like, do a lot of focus on the row stuff, and it was, like, so beautiful, and I felt so amazing, it was anti-capitalist, it was, like, calling out, like, root causes and not just, like, the symptom that is the row stuff. Yes. It was connecting sterilizations with stealing indigenous babies with, like, all of these things are, like, sides of the same, it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, like, control and policing of our bodies, of our autonomies, of our, like, ability to for self-determination and how we create our families and they, like, you know, did an open call. Anyone who wanted to come up and say something, so some people from the public came. And it just really felt like a place where, like, people were really releasing their anguish. Mm. And it was so beautiful. And then the rally on Saturday, it was like, okay, you had a speaking order, and you only had four minutes. And they just, like, you know, it was just, like, so strict. And, so yeah. and like, someone said, no one likes abortion. Stuff like that. Like, they were just, like, saying, like, and then someone said, someone had a sign that said safe, legal, and rare. Just, like, all of this stuff that's, like, you're not really willing to fight for it. Like, and, um, I received some criticism because I, like, focused primarily on the police in... My speech, and then also, like, on what I believe to be the importance of mutual aid, and, like, how feckless and terrible Democrats are. Yeah. And because I, like, all of our struggles are linked. And, like, yeah. we, I think that we have a choice to not abandon women of color this time. And I think it's important if you are... A white woman listening to this to take a look around you every time you go to one of these things. If you don't see anyone of color there, ask yourself why. What can you say? How can you like elevate that? You know, just like be sure that this is always at the the legacy of white supremacy within the women's liberation movement is always at the front of your mind.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Neither one of us cried. (laughs) I think we both cried a lot the last few days. So. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Honestly, I feel just, like, so angry, you know? It's just, like, yeah. it's hard. You can't feel angry all the time. You're so, you're right. Like, you have to be careful with your mental energy and how you spend your time. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel better actually doing something that gets results. Like, helping out people in your community and, and doing your part in that way versus... Fucking waiting until the midterms and voting so yeah
1: every act of caring for one another is a radical act and i think sometimes people limit their concept of politics to shit like voting or canvassing and then they get down on themselves for not participating but when you are there to give some money to a woman in your community experiencing domestic violence, when you are there to help someone access abortion pills, when you are there to help with your local community fridge, whatever it is, that is political. You are doing a political act. And you are doing, like, the things you are doing are ten times as important to someone showing up to vote. And so it can be really easy to get down on yourself as, like, not being political enough or not participating enough. But, like, you need to reimagine, like, every act of community care that is radical and that is a political act so I, I think it can be really helpful for your psyche to start thinking of it that way yeah of like every time I care for my sister my neighbor my you know whoever every time I care for someone else I am doing a radical political act and I don't need to like put pressure on myself to like engage in like the you know, go to a city council meeting. Because I know that I am like, doing radical acts of community care.
0: Hell yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't think we could go anywhere. That's perfect. That's the perfect <laughs> place to end. I think that's a great message. So important. And it's fun sometimes to read bad takes on Twitter. Like that can be a little bit of a self care thing too. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> just to... Uh... I, like, dunking with my friends <laughs> online is, like,
1: invigorating in a yes. way. Like, people will be like, oh, you know, like, it's so bad for your brain. And that's, like, kind of true. <laughs> but at the same time, like, there is, like, not very many things that feel better than being in David Frum's mention with all your friends. Like, <laughs> it feels pretty good, yeah. too. Yeah. So just do whatever makes you laugh, too.
0: <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, happy Mother's Day.